It's Miller and Condon. Ken Miller. Trent Condon. This is Miller and Condon on Des Moines Sports Station. 106.3 KXNO. All right, good morning, everybody. Welcome to Miller and Condon. As KXNO gets back to local programming for the next seven hours, we welcome you to the 11 to 1 block. Trent Condon, Ken Miller talking sports with you. BMW Des Moines guest list shapes up like this. We will, um, in about 20 minutes, 25 minutes or so, we will uh, get Nick Athen in here, cheesesplits.com. A quick preview of uh, Denver and uh, Kansas City tonight. Not a lot needs to be said as Kansas City will try and win their 16th consecutive uh, game against their division foe. Uh, Nick Athen will join us at 11.25. Stephen M. Sippel in the same block. The Huskers have reached their bye week, so we'll take a look back, take a look forward, what it's going to take for Nebraska to get themselves to postseason for the first time in a long time. Uh, and then Lee Sterling will join us. He's got a handful of games that he will opine on. That'll happen about 11.50, 12.05. Bill Seals from CycloneReport.com recovers Iowa State and was yesterday during Iowa State men's media day basketball media day we'll do that with bill recap i'll take a look back to the uh, tuesday press conferences and look forward uh to saturday's game against cincinnati where iowa state can take a major step towards their own bowl eligibility should they put that one in the win column and then finish things off with nick Oson. 24 7 sports he now covers wisconsin so we'll preview wisconsin and iowa with our friend nick osen before trent's plays of the day coming up here just before one if you're used to us at least in the football season uh doing our claxons barbecue giveaway on thursday sadly that has come to an end as claxons has come to an end out through sunday uh, through sunday after 28 years andy and his team over there well andy he's the owner will be uh, closing the doors and selling the business uh so best of luck to Andy, but the reason we bring it up again is A, to thank him for what he's done uh, for KXNO over the years, but to remind you, if you have won if you have won a Claxon certificate here, and you're still holding on to it for whatever reason, we highly recommend that you use it prior to Sunday, uh, because that's Andy's last day, and of course he will absolutely honor it, but but, we don't know if whoever moves in and when they move in and when they open again, will that be redeemable? So fingers crossed, but do yourselves a favor again. Uh, take all the intrigue out of it and just head to Altoona. You'll be glad you did. It'll be well worth your trouble uh, to claim your barbecue prize. And congratulations to Andy and thank you to Claxons for what they've done for us over the years. All right, baseball for your squad mm-hmm. has come to an end. Likewise for John Bowen's camp squad. Good. Uh, at least the Dodger, at least the Twins rather won a game. Yeah. Uh, can't, same can't be said for L.A. My God. The two heavy heads in the line of Betts and Freeman, or they combined one for 21 or one something. One for 21, Just, yeah. Just, hey, sheesh. Uh, that, that's not good. You're not going to win too many series when your two big guns are going like that. But let's start with the l- l- regional. I was going to say local. Kind of is. Kind um, But the Twins, Trent, look at this Houston team is just really, really good at yeah. the end of the day. But here's my takeaway. Twins had some chances yeah. in this game last night, particularly the first inning. It was just bad luck. Right. Bad luck. I mean, hard hit ball. Hard hit ball. Julian, I thought the ball was gone, first of all, when he hit it. Mm-hmm. And he would hit one later on to. Uh, um, no, did he hit one? Yeah, he yeah. did. Yeah, yeah he made it three, two. Six or seven. Yeah, the, sec- the second run of the game. Uh, but um, but then Polanco follows him up and he scalds one up the middle and it was right at the shortstop Pena. Yeah. 
Great defensive positioning. Great defensive positioning, and all he had to do was um, tag uh, Julian, who wasn't wandering off by any stretch of the imagination. It wasn't his fault, but boy, oh boy. Um, Who knows, right? Mm -hmm. We'll never know what difference that could have made. So, anyways, your thoughts on your squad, um, did they exceed expectations this year? Yeah, getting the 18-game losing streak, that monkey off your back, 18 years of ineptitude in the playoffs, getting that, that was step number one. And then you couple it with winning a series, first mm-hmm. time in 20 years, 21 mm-hmm. years of doing that, winning a series and advancing on. So, yeah, this was a successful year. You know, it was a year that did not play out in the fashion that we anticipated. It looked like it was going to be a year where it was going to be Byron Buxton, DHing, staying nope. healthy. It still didn't work. It was going to be Carlos Correa with the new deal. That didn't work out offensively throughout the course of the season. I'm anticipating we're going to hear something, some kind of surgery, something that needs to be done with the plantar fasciitis, mm-hmm. and you hope that the playoff Carlos Correa that we saw yeah. is a guy that we are going to see all season long. Did you obviously didn't expect to see Buxton because when we were on the air, there was still no... Right, it was Kirloff was still on the roster. Right, and uh, by the time uh, dinner rolls around, obviously he's off and Buxton comes in. And, you know, Trent, it was one of those moments, mm-hmm. right? It, Here it, he comes out of the tunnel. <laughs> it just had that Kirk Gibson come limping to the mm-hmm. plate. Kind of had that feeling. Here comes Buxton, a guy that uh, you would build a franchise around. Should he be uh, perfectly healthy? And he pops up to first base. You know? Yeah. yeah look, that's sports, right? It's it is, sports, yeah. but it did have first at least at for a moment. August 1st. His first at bat in a major league game since August 1st. That's asking a lot. He comes that's up on October 11th. Yeah, that's asking a lot. It did have that feel, though. It did. It had something, yeah. something special. Here was going we to go. Happen. Yeah, yeah. And it didn't happen. No. You know, it's interesting. I really like the broadcast with Przinsky and Wainwright and Wainwright yep. together. Yeah, and I, Adam Ami. Uh, Ami. Yeah. Yep. I thought it was a really good crew. Three man crews can be difficult, mm-hmm. especially with a first timer like Wainwright. Well, he's been doing it before, right? But, but full, t- yeah, yeah. Right. Now that he is retired, yeah, and yep, yep. this is going to be the next yep. step in his career. Well, did you hear him explaining the different sliders the other day? Yes, it's phenomenal. It, it absolutely is. It was really good, and their voices are kind of similar. Yeah, you know what, Trent? That's it's, the difficult part with the three man yeah. booth. When you have three guys yep. and two of the guys sound the same, yeah, they do. It makes it tough. But what I I love, found myself a couple of times, funny you mentioned that, is who am I listening to? Right, yeah. yeah. There was a point in the game, though, it was, I think it was early. I think it was when Stewart came in, so in the third, after they pulled after eight batters. Yeah, well, your, your thoughts there. Did, I, I, I didn't hate it. I didn't hate it like a lot of I've seen yeah. Joe Ryan just struggle so much. Okay. And he gives up home runs. But yesterday, and he wasn't struggling. He no, wasn't. he did give up the long ball. And he did. Yep. Yeah. And that's been the problem. Mm-hmm. It really, it's not like he's getting battered. He just, no. He gave up long balls no. all throughout the second half of the year. Mm-hmm. And that was the issue. And that's why I didn't have a problem. Going to Thielbar, on the surface, makes sense. You got lefty-lefty coming up. You bring in your only lefty that you have in your bullpen. Sure, that makes sense in that spot. Yeah. The problem that I had with it, the guy that was up third. And the guy that eventually hit the two-run home run that proved mm-hmm. to be the difference in the game because Abreu has been a Twins killer. Yeah, Abreu hits incredibly well in target field. Mm-hmm. Abreu, he just scares me. <laughs> and maybe yeah. it's because he's got the chest flying out there. And right. He's showing off, showing off the chest muscles as he's yeah. lopping his way around the butt bags. And the Castellanos from the Philly, same yeah. look. <laughs> the, uh, just, that was the part that I didn't love. So looking back in hindsight, and it worked. Look, you held him to three runs. Mm-hmm. You should win that baseball game against an Urquidy that hadn't been good all year long. Nobody was yesterday. And he was yesterday. Yeah. But when you have that, 
The way it's set up, you only give up three runs. You should win that game. I blame the offense more than I blame Rocco's decision mm-hmm. here. What or I, credit the pitching. Well, what I would I mean, have done Astros. is I would have went with Paddock to start the third. Because they didn't want to have Brock Stewart come out and have to face Abreu again. The only guy that has homered against him all season long. He's given up two home runs. One in the playoffs, one in the regular and season. And Stewart? Stewart. All season long. Two home runs. Both to Abreu. I didn't know that. How, how nuts is that? Huh. He's a stud. Yes. He's going to be an excellent eighth-inning guy, maybe mm-hmm. ninth-inning guy eventually. He's got big-time What's upside. Duran's contract status? Oh, they'll be signing that one. Well, I hope and, so. And he's young, so they still probably have team control for another Good. three years. Nice. Or something like that. I would have went with Paddock just because he is your long guy. Trent, he was terrific. And Maeda wasn't going to go last night. He was not part of the plans. He was going to be a guy they were going to save for Game 5 if they got there. Uh-huh. Their long guy yesterday was Paddock. And obviously Paddock was a starter, working his way back from injury. He was so good. He's been so good since he's come back. That's the direction I would have went. Even knowing he would start lefty-lefty in the middle of that order. That's the only... But I think we're really picking nits. The plan worked. You held him to six hits. You held him to three runs. Your offense just didn't yeah. deliver. Yeah. And all of the all the scoring via the long ball, right? With yeah. the, with the Brave the two run shot. Yeah, it was uh look, it was a good year. And and mm-hmm. um the, this team you would think I mean Correa's not going anywhere. Nope. Uh there's there's hope for this team now, and here's the thing. They're not it's not like they're gonna be moving divisions. <laughs> nope. We're gonna we're gonna get to March and April next year and they'll they'll be in the American League Central again with with the exact same group. So uh it sets up well for this team to be around for a while. They have three rookies that there's never been a rookie class of three players on the same team that put together OPSs like we saw this year with Royce Lewis, with the aforementioned uh, Matt Walner, who we talked about the yeah, other day. Yeah. And you also throw in there, who's the other young? Uh, oh, Julian, of course, who had the home run. Mm-hmm. You've never had three rookies that have done what those guys did combined, coupled with the veterans. Planko's an all-star, a second baseman, mm-hmm. not a third. Right. <laughs> second baseman. Right. Former All-Star. Lewis is your third base. He is a good, solid player. And he was banged up most of this season as well. A healthy year from Polanco. You're in good shape. This team, they're set. Get Correa fixed? Yes. Now, they also have some decisions to make. Well, Sonny Gray's first and foremost, right? And what do you do there? You know, an an aging pitcher, Mm -hmm. a guy that put together a year that he probably is not going to replicate again in his career. You know who the whispers are already starting to come? Do you know who's going after him? Apparently. Baltimore. Cardinals. Oh, Cardinals want Cardinals want Sonny Gray and Aaron Nola. Oh, that's a pretty good start. I'll say. Yeah. That's a pretty good start. Right. Put those two at the top of your rotation. I like that one for the Cardinals. But, yeah, decisions to make there. Mm-hmm. It's taken longer. The Falvey-Levine regime, when those guys came in, the hope, guys that came from Texas and from Cleveland, replicating what they did with those young pitching staffs, and it took a lot longer than you hoped. But that bullpen now, Oof. it's outstanding. It is. That's an outstanding yes. bullpen. Yes. With stuff-wise, the best closer in the game. Stuff-wise. Yeah. There, there's nobody else that throws no. a 99-mile-an-hour no. splinker. He called, that's what he calls a sinker. Mm-hmm. It's a splinker. It's mm-hmm. not a splitter. It's not a sinker. It's a splinker. 99 miles an hour. 103. 102.9 miles an hour. Average fastball this season. How old is he? 24. That's all Duran is. Yeah. Jesus. You're going to be seeing that dude. Arm holding up, obviously, right for a very long time. Twenty five, twenty five, yeah, turned twenty five uh, last year. So this uh, this team is set up. Got to make the right moves. You're in the right division, but you got the right manager. The window is open. I like Rocco. I do too. I'm a Rocco guy. Yeah, and you know, he didn't mention. I love Jax. Yeah, Griffin Jax. There's yeah. another one. Uh, Bailey Ober. What we saw from him is yeah. there another step in his development? There's 
there are plenty of arms. There's plenty of bats. This team, they have the second-best OPS in baseball in the second half of the year. This team could hit it. Maybe the pitching took a small step back from what we saw the first couple of months of the season, but it was still really good. The bullpen got figured out. They are set up. Mm. The window is now just opening. Now make the and right moves. they won their division by... How many, did they end up winning by... Did they win by 10? Oh, I think so. Yeah. In Cleveland, are they coming back? No. Won yeah. it by nine. Detroit won it was by nine. nine. Detroit's the team that seemingly the arrow is pointing up. I don't know what to make of the White Sox. I don't know what yeah. to make of the Royals. I think the White Sox are going to be in the teardown. You're probably right. The Royals That's what got everybody has to do in this division. Everybody yeah. in this division, they're all built the same way. You build it up, mm-hmm. you know, the farm system hits, and then you have to tear it back down just yep. because financially they don't compete in the upper, even third of Major League Baseball. Did you see Bryce Harper yesterday? I did. How fun was that? It was awesome. Yeah. It was awesome. Um, it was Why is really there so good. much Harper hate? I, I, because he's perfect. Because <laughs> he's a loudmouth. Because he was a, he was a child phenom, and yeah. everybody knew when he was growing up in Las Vegas that he was going to be the next. And jealousy, and he looks like he should be you know a leading man in Hollywood. <laughs> yeah, uh, and he's got great hair. <laughs> right. Um, and he's good at what he does. So you hate him mm-hmm. uh, because you're jealous of him. I don't know. I don't get it. All he does, Trent, is is show up year after year after year. He's going to Hall of Fame. <laughs> Right. I mean, brace yourselves, folks. Yeah. If you do hate this guy, he's, gonna, he's only, he's what, 30, 30? I think he's 30. Is that what he has to have? So he's got a lot of career left in front of him. But um, no, he's a player, man. He's a player, and he got every single bit of that first one that he crushed into the second level. Uh, that thing was just tagged. This Phillies uh, Brave Series, God, I hope it rains in Philadelphia tonight. Nobody's Is it too oh, much to ask the sports? Because Broncos. Yes. Oh, yeah. Did you want to watch that godforsaken team, huh? Well, I have to. You have to. You got to go down with your ship. There, you can't change teams. I get you. <laughs> oh, no, you, you can't. can't change your team. I uh, saw it didn't go very well for your yeah, other favorite team. God, I'm so sick of them already. Calgary's going to be good though. Aren't yeah, they? but you know what? Winnipeg outplayed them every single. They? they got goalied. They got uh, goalied, and our all-star goalie couldn't stop squat. <laughs> uh, you want first game of the year? And you got 81 pissed. more to go. Yeah, I know. I know. Anyways, yeah, that was not good. Um, but yeah, baseball was phenomenal. Dodgers gone. Mm-hmm. Okay. So Did you get over in time for the back-to-back-to-back-back home runs? No, I wasn't there. You know oh. what I was doing? I was watching overtime of Canadians in the Leafs. Oh, I got you. Yeah, because that's kind of ingrained in my blood. So I got uh, over there for the last two of the four home you? runs of the inning. Yeah. yeah. And the final one, the uh, one that was hit by Moreno. So I don't know if you saw a highlight or anything. So he slaps one down the right field line, and it's you know fair foul, and you never got a good TV angle. Mm-hmm. Just didn't get a and definitive. That's where the look. ball went out over the right field wall. Right field wall. Well, they eventually called it foul, and I think that was the right okay. call. But there was nothing certainly definitive that you can see. Next pitch, yeah, bomb to left center Jeez. field. It was. It was incredible. Absolutely amazing. I mean, just the delirium inside the building there mm. at the old Bob. It was it was a thing of beauty. So, I really enjoyed it. So help me out, uh, Trent, um, with this because I'm going to have three of the four uh, three of the four final teams. Okay. I don't have a nickel on the Diamondbacks. Sure. I make out like a bandit if the Rangers win. Okay. I do okay if the Phillies win. Mm-hmm. I do fine if the Astros win. If the or if the Braves get there, I lose about forty bucks, and that's okay. really good because I was heavily invested in the Padres and the Mets. So it's kind of like the Chiefs winning the Super Bowl. Yeah, it was my saver ticket, right? So what do I do? So it's I'm going to have three or four. 
I'm plus not five forty five. Right now, number. that's what they are. That's what the Diamondbacks are. Mm-hmm. So you're talking about. Is it worth a hundred dollar investment? Oh Jesus! Kind of, kind of looking at what you have put in already. Like you said, if the Rangers come, you got a big payday. Yeah. You got a real nice payday. Yeah. Is it worth to buy out and to have everything covered then? Mm-hmm. And though not guarantee yourself a profit because you wouldn't do that. If you put a hundred there, though, would you be okay in the Diamondbacks winning it then? Or do you still be losing a little, a little bit? Okay. Yeah, but I want to get something back out of it. Because what are you all invested? Seven hundred bucks? No, but about uh, eleven. Eleven. Okay. Yeah. And all right, so hundred. You got six hundred. So you lose about five hundred. Mm-hmm. Okay. I think that's probably the route to go. Yeah. I, they got a top two. As good as almost anybody. they do, Trent. They're they're for they're a good team. They're a good team. They're a really good team. Do I think they're going to beat the Phillies or? For the Braves, no, I don't. Mm-hmm. But at five five forty five, put a little bit in there. Make even at fifty bucks, guarantee yourself a little bit. Don't hurt your yep. overall wager because he, you got to cover. You got three of the four. I'd be dabbling at least a little something on there to to try to make it okay. Yeah, I think that's probably the uh, the path that we'll end up going. But uh, yeah, it's sad. I, I love baseball season. I love October baseball, but it's just coming to an end, unfortunately. Right. So what do we expect tonight? Is this going to be, is this number 16, or are we headed for the 16th uh, consecutive loss to the Kansas City Chiefs? I mean, how does Denver win that game? Their defense is terrible. Well, Kelsey's banged up. The wide receivers are not good. Nope. But they haven't been good all year. The running game has not been... I like Pacheco. I like Pacheco, too, but it hasn't been... There's so many games I look at, man, Pacheco had a good game, and it's Mm -hmm. like 14 carries for 58 yards. like, Really? Yeah. It felt like it was better than that. Mm-hmm. I don't. There's just something about statistically it doesn't match up with what my eyes usually are with him. Because I'm with you. I like Pacheco a lot. Mm-hmm. I like that offensive line. And it just, the running game has not improved enough to make up for the inadequacies of that. And early in football games, that first moved the ball incredibly well. Yeah. First quarter, Russell first Wilson's half, not been the problem. Maybe that's the play. If you're looking for a play, maybe a Broncos first half. Well, I'm not at? looking for any play. I'm, well, just, yeah. I'm just looking for hopefully it's a good game. Can he get like five and a half, something like that, in the first half, or even a first quarter, if he can get you know three or north of three? Uh-huh. That might be the direction because the scripted plays—it's like Brian Ferentz and Sean Payton are talking right. Mm-hmm. Those, those yeah. scripted plays have been really, really good. Yeah. Maybe that'd be a direction. And that's the thing—you hang around, weird things happen in a football game. I guess that would be the path that I'm building. It's not a real—it's pretty flimsy, mm-hmm. but that's that's how I would say it for your Broncos. Yeah. Unbelievable. All right, time for another $1,000 uh, opportunity to claim some NIL money. Head to KXNO.com right now. You can enter the nationwide contest by inserting the keyword deposit, deposit at KXNO.com. Your chance to win $1,000 deposit at KXNO.com. Uh, we, I don't think we're going to get Nick Athen. Oh, really? Yeah, he's, his asthma just kicked up, he said. Oh, no. Um, so sounds like it'll be simple. Okay. And uh, away we go. Lee Sterling coming up as well. Miller and Con- When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. 
Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. On the Des Moines Sports Station 106. State agent with the Misty Solwich Home Selling Team. It's time for SIP. <laughs> Stephen M. Sipple talks with myself and Ken on Nebraska football. I mean, I have a radio show. We have callers. I pay attention to my Twitter notifications and all that. There's definitely some frustration. We talk corn huskers, and you never know what else is going to come up. With 30 years on the Nebraska beat, here's Stephen M. Sipple. As long as they're paying me to talk, I'm just going to keep doing it. Time once again for our weekly conversation. He is the infamous Stephen M. Simple, and he joins us as he does each and every week throughout the college football season, talking Cornhuskers, Big Ten West, and whatever else comes up. Sip, as always, appreciate your time. What's happening? Trent, just, uh, I, I guess I am enjoying the bye week. You know how it goes. It never, it never really feels like a bye week. Or maybe it'll feel that way Saturday, though, I can settle in and watch the Hawkeyes. <laughs> well, a buckle in for that one. Not only is it an Iowa-Nebraska or Iowa-Wisconsin game with the over/under now currently down to thirty-four and a half, but also rain and wind in the forecast. Uh, not exactly a good thing. I- I've got an Iowa question or two. I'm going to throw your way, but before we get into that, to the Huskers, your beat and Nebraska. It wasn't pretty, but they found a way to get the win against Illinois on the road last Friday night. Cornhuskers fumbled the ball away late. It felt like, oh, here we go again. But they found a way. This defense is pretty solid. And, and just getting a win like that, when breaks weren't always going their way, felt like an important step in the process of the rebuild for Rule. Right, it was. And, I, you know, they did fumble in the red zone twice late. And that was discouraging. But I never, you know... If you watched the game, I think if you watched it really closely, I, even with those fumbles, I never thought Nebraska was in jeopardy of losing up 20-7. to seven. The defense was playing really well. Illinois, Illinois really is in a bad spot. I mean, their offensive line is a sieve. They don't. They, they just don't got it. They just can't get any. They couldn't get anything going against Nebraska mm-hmm. offensively. So. Yeah, the bubbles were discouraging, but I didn't. I never thought it was. Oh God, I never felt like. Oh God, here we go. Right? The defense was really, really flying around, playing well. Came back strong from a really disappointing performance against Michigan, and here we are. You know, Nebraska gets a Big Ten win, one and two in the league with two. You know, very winnable, I guess you'd say home games coming up against Northwestern mm-hmm. and then Purdue. You get those two. I mean, all of a sudden you're a game away from bowl eligibility. Of course you get Iowa at home at the end of the season. The path is certainly there for this team. Has it changed now with the win on Friday night? I mean, the realistic look now that this team at minimum can be a bowl team and, and how important do you think that would be? Not just the 15 practices that you get the bonus practices of being a bowl team, but just uh, getting some good feelings back there in Lincoln. That's what it is. You got it. I mean, it's yes, it is the practices. 
and I, you know, you can go back and forth on the the relative importance of those, but you can't. I mean, no, they needed that. Oh God! Mm-hmm. An Illinois law loss to Illinois would have been. I mean, it really would have sucked the wind out of the season way too early. I mean, you just don't want that. So it, it, it you know, it makes the rest of the season more interesting. It pumps some life into this place, and it needs it. I mean, it really does. It. That's been kind of rough. Um, that was a very significant win. I mean, it's, it's you know, and that and and hey, ending that bull drought is really important. I mean, it's sort of embarrassing, you know, to be the only Power 5 team um, that hasn't made a bowl game since 2016. That's not, come on, that's nobody wants that. Um, Oh, that's all. It was really, it was a huge win. And it makes these next two games, I I, I don't know, people listening in Iowa might think that guy in Nebraska just sounds crazy. it does make the next two games really important. Mm-hmm. Put yourself on the brink of bull eligibility. So for those next two games, by week this week, is it Heinrich Harburg? Has he done enough to maintain the job? Or does Jeff Sims, if healthy, does he have a path back to being the starter again? Uh, I mean, Matt Rule kind of sort of casually just sort of answered the question this week. And he didn't. And it wasn't a big deal here. It was just kind of like, yeah. You know, Heinrich is our guy, you know, and that's what it is right now. So it wasn't, it kind of just organically occurred, Trent. Mm -hmm. He's, you know, he's one, he's he's three and one, you know. He's one, Nebraska's won three of the last four, three of his last four games with him as the starter. So it'd be kind of, I think it'd be kind of odd to make the change now. Um, So it just, like I said, it just kind of happened organically. And here we are, Harburg. You know, he's. Kind, I think he's kind of a scary. If I was a defensive coordinator, he would concern me. The fans here see the rough edges, and you know how fans are. Mm-hmm. They kind of highlight the rough edges. Um, he's, he's. He's. He has to develop in the passing game. That's the big thing. But man, I'll tell you something now. He's a runner. He can. He's the best runner. Trent. Yeah. I mean, he's better. He's a better runner than a running back. He's six five, two twenty, and, and will bring it at you. So he's a, he's a very appealing figure to me. It's something to definitely build around, and at least uh, hope for a guy that you can develop. And Matt Rule has sure, certainly shown that ability to be able to uh, develop quarterbacks during his time, both at Temple and at Baylor. Uh, one interesting note after the game on Friday night. Uh, listening to a little bit of Matt Rule's press conference and said he was upset with the officials. And was it something that the Illinois defensive line was doing? Is that what it was? Yeah, they were calling out like like they're disrupting Kate. Uh huh. They were ver- they were verbal and they were trying to disrupt Nebraska's offense verbally, which you're not oh, you're not technically allowed to do. It kind of goes back to something that happened during the co- during COVID with Iowa. If you, if you remember that mm-hmm. when Nebraska was there, um, there was some, and there was some, there was some, there's something happened in that regard in that game. So it wasn't that big of a deal, though. It, it didn't like when Rule talked to the media on Tuesday. You know, the Tuesday after the Illinois game, there wasn't any discussion about it. So I don't know. He probably 
filed some sort of report with the Big Ten office. Who knows where that'll go? Probably not a whole lot. Maybe you'll get a apology letter, something like that. And Maybe yeah. Lines, yeah. And it was funny, and maybe it's just perspective or just my thoughts on each coach, but, you know, when Frosty the coach man was complaining about it, it was just felt like sour grapes. When Rule was doing it, it didn't feel that way, at least to me. Well, it didn't as much. I mean, maybe, I'm trying to think back when Frost complained about it. I don't know what 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 the circumstances were. This is a first-year coach. Mm-hmm. Maybe that's part of it. Um, and maybe people are a little more fans or a little more receptive to it. But I didn't sense there was a big reaction to it either way. So, it, you know, there, Nebraska won the game, and it was it was just sort of an ancillary topic that was a, in notebooks and didn't even garner headlines. Talking with Stephen M. Simple as we take a look at Nebraska. We do it each and every week. And a sip, big picture now. We talked about the real realistic path now for Nebraska to get to bowl eligibility this year. But mm-hmm. when you look at this division, it's the last year of the Big Ten West. I said all summer long, Ken echoed my statements, the opportunity for Iowa to obviously win it in its final season because the Big Ten is changing. And as you saw last week with the new look at the schedules for the next five years, boy, there's no more pad in the schedule with Illinois and Purdue and Northwestern. It's going to be big boy football. It is going to be very difficult for the Iowas, the Nebraskas, the Wisconsins, the world. They're entering completely new territory now. Yeah, I mean, I've been saying it for a few weeks. Nebraska, Iowa, you know, the West teams will never face a schedule as easy as it is for the rest of our lives. Yeah, <laughs> right. This is as good. This is. For Nebraska, um, especially, you know, with its crossover situation this year being as manageable as it is, they had to, I mean, they had to tangle with Michigan, which was hard, but the, you know, now it's Indiana. So it's, it's, it's just, there's just not much there. Um, I'm sorry, it's Maryland that Nebraska has to play on the other side. Mm -hmm. But, oh, no, it's fascinating. And now, what you hope, though, is that one of these teams in the West, or a couple of teams, or three, or whatever, can push its way up. I mean, I, I, there's this, it does feel like there's this sort of resignation that it's just going to be, you know, it's going to be Penn State, Ohio State, Michigan, USC, Oregon, maybe Washington. Um, and then, and then no, you know, nobody's going to be able to crack that. I, I hope that's not what happens. I don't think that would be healthy. Right now, that seems to be the way it stacks up. But God, you just hope a like an Iowa or, or a Wisconsin or a Nebraska can fortify itself to a level where no, it's, it's on the same level as Penn State, Michigan, and Ohio State. I don't know. I mean I I I, I hope to God that the leaders of those programs are thinking that way. He came into every season, all right, you can win your division. At least that's been the Iowa and certainly yeah. Wisconsin perspective for the last eight years, right, of this division is that's the base point. That's the starting point. Now, with an 18-team league, only the top two advancing, what is realistic going forward now for both Iowa and Nebraska and Wisconsin? I, I don't, I hate to say it because you can have a special year and everything can break right, but for those programs, I mean, probably your most realistic hope is to... Go ten and two, not 
get to the conference championship game and be an eight or nine or a 10 seed and get into the college football playoff. I mean, that's probably the most realistic goal, isn't it? Yeah, it seems like it. And that's not bad. No, that would be fun. That would cause a lot of excitement. Yes. I will tell you yeah. that right now. <laughs> right. I, um, I'll be happy if something like that happened. Yep. Um, it's, oh, but, but boy, I mean, it's, uh, those, th- those are beasts on that <laughs> other side. Uh, those are it's particularly, well, I'm going to say particularly Michigan. We'll yeah. see what happens when Michigan has to go to Penn State. But, yeah, it's, but here's the thing, Trent. You know how it goes. Programs at college football in general tends to evolve. And I, I don't – it's sort of hard to predict the future. I mean, USC, for instance, is – I don't know. Are they are they always going to be what, what it looks like right now? They don't play much defense, no. by the way. Nope. When Washington loses Penix, is it still going to look like it does right now? Mm-hmm. I mean, I'm a little skeptical of that. So, and I know I'm talking about the incoming teams, but it, it, the same holds true for Penn State. I mean, they've they've had some downtime. They have. Um, what well, what if Harbaugh leaves but, Michigan? Right. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. I mean, hundred. So that's the thing. You just don't know. I mean, if Franklin left, mm-hmm. so I don't. I'm not quite as gloom and doomy about it. Yeah. I that that if a program gets the right leader then it can catch fire really fast. It's all about finding that right leader. Sip, one final thing for you, and to localize it for us here in the state, and you watch a lot of Iowa. Obviously, being Big Ten West brethren, you're, you see a lot of the yep. Hawkeyes. And, you know, coming into the year, the hope was this influx of talent, Cade McNamara, a competent quarterback, a guy that's accurate. He sustained the injury, didn't work, and now he's out for the year. You look at the woes. Last week, Iowa wins a football game without a wide receiver having a catch for the first time since 1978. The Hawkeyes wow. did that. You look at the ineptitude of the offense, and it's coupled with, obviously, the offensive coordinator being the coach's son. There's times it just feels untenable. Give us your, your outsider with a good look in perspective of how you see this, how you see this offense looking, and, and the path forward for Iowa football. Well, I mean, we, we have these conversations about Iowa, and then you have to, it's sort of an afterthought. Oh, yeah, by the way, they're five and one. <laughs> yeah, yes, yes. They're five and one, and, and, and their schedule is they have a nice path. Mm-hmm. They have a pretty good path. I mean, they're really one win against Wisconsin. If they win, if they happen to win this game, which, come on, they're not going to get blown out. They should have a shot. What if they win that game? Now, now the conversation is, man, they could have a special season. A special season. So I I think people kind of mock the situation. Mm-hmm. They do. Um, the offense. Right. I don't know what. <laughs> Nebraska fans can't be too vocal about it, though, because of, you know, we have our own issues over here. and It's a pretty long list, probably longer than you have. So I, I don't know. That, that, you know. People look at it and shake their heads for sure especially as it applies to Brian Ferentz and the offense. But I, but there's also five and one. I mean, and they, and you, and there's also, I would, I have to add this. There is a level of respect for how well, how they do, how well they do it, that they do have an identity. Mm-hmm. So they do have that. And to me, I mean, just now, just speak now, just speaking for myself, that is really valuable just to know who you are and make it work. 
I mean, I've covered a program, Trent, that for several years now, you can't really identify an identity. Can't. I don't know what their identity is. Yeah. Now rule spells it out really well. God bless it for that, by the way. It's not, you know, it's not, they've been decimated by injuries, so I don't know how they're going to pull it off, but he lays out exactly what, this program is right now. It's a defensive-oriented program. They want to hit you with body blows on offense, run the ball, run the ball, run the ball, occasional play action, some option. That's it. There's your, there's your identity. Mm-hmm. I've, I've covered coaches here, Trent. They couldn't even really tell you the identity. <laughs> That's a problem. So, so I love the fact that Iowa has one and then Nebraska now has one. They need it. And Iowa's identity, it's the crazy thing, too, and it's a conversation that has continued. And there's been the both sides, and people point to Nebraska. What would you rather have? Iowa winning these games, and they're not very enjoyable, but you're getting wins, or would you rather be Nebraska? And what they've been the last decade plus. And it's pretty simple. Yeah, you'd rather have the wins, but, boy, a year after year of this, it it does get difficult. Sip, hey, we're out of time. Appreciate you. Gave us a little extra today. Always good catching up with you and a bye week for you. Enjoy all the football you get to watch on Saturday. I appreciate it. You you enjoy it, too. We'll talk soon. All right. That's Stephen M. Sipples. He joins us each and every week here on Miller & Condon during the college football season. We bring him into time to time also, usually when Iowa and Nebraska are facing off on the hardwood uh, throughout the winter time. But always enjoy our conversations with Sip. When we continue here on Miller & Condon, we will go to Florida. That's where Lee Sterling is based. We will talk with Lee about his five picks of the week. Lee Sterling's been very good this season. He'll try to hand us out some more winners once again from Paramount Sports. It's Lee Sterling as we take you up until 1 o'clock. Ken had to dip out for the rest of the day. It'll be you, me, and some great guests taking you up until 1 o'clock today. Plus my picks of the day at the end of the show. Red Hot, 5-1 and one yesterday. We'll try to come up with some winners. We got Thursday Night Football. We got a Major League Baseball playoff game with the Phillies and Braves. We'll see what else comes up when we get to the end of the program. It's Miller and Condon taking you until 1 on 106.3. UROcom. Just before noon, that means it's time to talk with Lee Sterling from Paramount Sports as we get his weekly picks. He hands out a five-pick of games each and every week, and we got a fun one. Uh, group of games on the docket this week. Notre Dame-USC, a huge matchup in the Big Ten. Ohio State going on the road to Purdue. Of course, both locals also with Iowa State and Iowa facing off this weekend. We will get into all them right now with Lee Sterling. Lee, it's October. We're feeling it here. It's cool. How are things down in Florida? Uh, well, it really has dipped down. It was like 78 degrees last night when I went to the FIU UTEP game. 78 degrees. Just rubbing it in. Well, we'll Sorry get about that. We will get to obviously the Iowa Wisconsin game. Weather's going to be yep. a factor there, but this goes in hand in hand with handicapping. Yep. When we start to get to this point of the year, how important is weather for you when you're handicapping and and how big of a difference can it make as you're putting these games together and finding your plays? Sometimes even more important than how cold it is is the wind. Like for instance, tonight's Kansas City game going to be about 20 miles an hour. So you have a quarterback that doesn't have a real strong arm or a team that doesn't play well in the wind, uh, you got to factor that in also. Well, we have some of that weather. We start 
Notre Dame, USC. Look ahead spot last week. I, I love Louisville in the spot. Yeah. I, I don't like that Louisville team, but it was such a tough spot for Notre Dame. Three consecutive weeks, the grind that they went through, and then to have that one there. Now they're back home. Now, well, they have the look ahead behind them because they're looking at USC. It's the jeweled shillelagh that they're playing for. Two and a half the number, Notre Dame favored. So here's what's interesting about USC. We know they have a great offense, top two or three offense in the country. In almost every major statistical category, Caleb Williams will probably be the number one pick. But here's the surprise. They're number eight in the country in sacks with their defense. So they give up a ton of points, but they try to create havoc. And Sam Hartman was sacked five times last week against Louisville. Louisville offense, nothing special. The last two weeks, 21-20 points scored. Hartman's 48 and 57% completion percentage with only three touchdowns and three interceptions over the last two weeks. I think Notre Dame's played out here. And they're also 0-5 the last five as a home favorite. The wrong team is favored. I like USC outright 37-30. And coming in hot with the dog, wrong team is favored. To the Big Ten, Ohio State. It took a while for them to get rolling against Maryland. They eventually did, and that was very important, depending what side, getting the right number with the Maryland-Ohio State game this week. Now they go to Purdue. Of course, we got to see the Boilermakers last week against Iowa. Big number here, 19.5 for the Buckeyes. Yeah, uh, Kyle McCord showed up late last week again. <laughs> it seems like he does it uh, late fourth quarter, mid-fourth quarter every single game. Now, Purdue just it, they couldn't patch a leaky bathtub defense right now if they had to. Uh, they allowed Iowa to score 20 points on them uh, before that, 38 to Wisconsin, 35 to Syracuse is not very good this year, and 39 to Fresno State, who has – really not even close to the same team on offense this year. They also have turned the ball over 10 times in the last four games. And uh, OSU opening up more of the playbook every week. Purdue's only hope here. they got to hope that Ohio State's looking ahead to Penn State next week. Uh, Purdue is also, get this, 22-45 and 45 the last 67 games here. Frat parties will start early here. Ohio State 44-16. I'll roll there to the Big 12 we go. Kansas, Oklahoma State. Oklahoma State, I thought I had this team pegged, and then they go off Friday night. and look like a completely different team against K-State. How, how big of an adjustment did you make on Okie State after that one before we get to the game? Well, they're coached well. I mean, look, yeah. you know, we like to joke about Gundy as a coach, and, you know, he's some very flamboyant sometime and likes to, you know, say what he feels. But bottom line, he is, still has good coaching staff, and the kids are buying him. They're not going to have many guys, kids that are drafted at all or even drafted high, maybe a couple sixth, seventh rounders. That's it. But they're starting to figure themselves out, and I just can't keep playing points with Jason Bean. I think this is the game, two teams just back and forth here. I think Oklahoma State pulls off the small upset here, 24-23. 24-23 in that one. Let's go and stay in the Big 12. Iowa State going on the road as they travel to Cincinnati. I'll be honest, Lee, I do not get this number at all. I certainly don't think that Iowa State should be getting five, but you got a different perspective. you got different numbers. What do you see with the Bearcats and the Clones? So Cincinnati, I, and I watch them, they go up and down the field. They're ranked this is crazy. They rank 12th in total offense and 10th in rushing offense, yet uh, they're not winning games. They've lost three straight games. They have not won the turnover battle since week one. I think taking the week off, the bye week, will really help them. 
4-0 turnover advantage help Iowa State last week against a TCU team that I thought was played out here. I think Iowa State's been in some wars here. I think uh, Cincinnati hits on some big plays with this wide receiver, Henderson, the transfer here from Florida. Cincinnati pulls away late, 31-20. All right, got Cincinnati and the cover in that one. We wrap things up. It is Iowa-Wisconsin, the Badgers, 9.5-10. It's been kind of fluctuating there. I saw a look-ahead line on Saturday night that had this thing 6.5. I jumped aboard right there and laid it with the Badgers right away. Not getting that number anymore. What do you see as the Hawkeyes and Badgers play for likely the Big Ten West title? Yeah, some people discount Wisconsin's offense because they only scored 24 points on Rutgers last week. Rutgers' defense is pretty darn good, allowing just 14 points per game. Remember, they also fumbled the ball the three-yard line. They missed a field goal, 53 yards, but uh, usually their kicker is money. Iowa quarterback Deacon Hill completed all of six passes. That's (laughs) it. Last week against a bad Purdue defense here, Iowa's offense averaging just 249 yards per game. And think about this, Eastern Michigan, Kent State, and Nevada gain more yards per game here. Mm. Everything, somehow, Iowa has just played it, you know, slowed down the game, and it's worked out five or six weeks. The other game against Penn State, they lost big. They lose again big here. Bucky, 31-10. 31-10, Wisconsin with the win and an easy cover. Brian Ferentz against Wisconsin, 146 yards and 156 yards of total offense the last yep. two years against Wisconsin. With that, Lee, we got a big one tonight in the NFL, though this used to be such a great rivalry game. It's turned into a laugh for Kansas City, Denver, 15 consecutive wins for the Chiefs. It's a big number, 10 and a half. People want to get that play for free. What do they do? Just call 800-400-9741. Have a real strong feeling on one side here. First 10 callers get it for free, 800-400-9741 for free. And how about this? Two weeks ago on a Friday, we had a huge 35-unit release on Oregon State. I have a 30-unit release on a college game tonight. We have not lost a Thursday night game since opening week in the NFL. You want to get it? Buy it alone. $25, one place, ParamountSports.com. Love it, Lee. We'll talk again next week. Thanks as always. Okay, thanks, guys. Lee Sterling joining us. ParamountSports.com, the place to go for Lee's picks and handing out five for free with us every single week. We'll take the time out here, come back with our number two. We begin things and we get into the Iowa State and Iowa talk. Bill Seals will open it up. We talk Cyclone Cincinnati, preview the matchup. Also, a lot from Men's Basketball Media Day with Bill. Then old friend Nick Osen. He is now on the Wisconsin Beat We'll get the Badger perspective as they welcome in the Hawkeyes coming up this weekend. Plus, my picks of the day after a 5-1 day presented by Circus Sports. Hour 2, coming